Hello. Hi, Cheryl. Thanks Hi. for joining me tonight. Perfect. Third time's a charm. <laughs> um, so yeah, I'm really glad that we get to talk tonight. We decided that we were going to have kind of a general conversation tonight about about loneliness, um, just I guess because of the holidays we just had and the fact that we were texting over the holidays a bit and I think we were kind of feeling similar and feeling yeah. kind of lonely over the holidays. So we thought it might be a good idea to just share our stories and maybe talk a little bit about it. Sounds good. Yeah. Um, so I thought maybe we could start with the definition of loneliness just so that people understand a little bit more. Um, so I looked it up and I don't, I, I think it was probably Wikipedia or something, but it sounded <laughs> good. Um, so it's defined as a complex emotional response to isolation, including anxious feelings about lack of communication or connection with other people. Therefore, it can be felt even when surrounded by other people. Right. So yeah. it's, it's just distinguishing between being alone and being lonely are different. So absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's not it's not really classified as a mental illness in itself, but it's definitely linked because um, when I was thinking about anxiety and depression and how you feel when you are anxious and depressed, you feel you feel pretty lonely. Um, that's why people don't reach out in the first place. Um, mm hmm. Yeah. And but you also, if you're lonely, you can become anxious and depressed. So I was kind of thinking about the chicken and the egg, like, <laughs> <laughs> yes, what, what comes first and does it matter? And um, yeah, so I think it's definitely something that we should talk about on the show, just because it is a result of feeling anxious and depressed and other things too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, maybe let's you can start talking about how you felt over the holidays. Um, well, this year was better than last year. Um, however, um, the holidays aren't always my favorite. Um, I think part of the reason why loneliness can become so um, evident when you're in a crowd um, is because, you know, when you're sitting there around friends and family that you love and normally might feel connected to, um, all of a sudden you don't, right? Um, mm -hmm. and, and it's like a contrast. It's, it provides this contrast. You see all these people having what you imagine is a connected feeling to each other, and you feel not part of that. Right? Yeah, you feel completely left out of that. Yeah, which is hard because, you know, obviously I love and care about my friends and family, but at the same time... Um, it's hard to explain that that you're not feeling very connected to anybody at that yeah. time. Yeah. So, yeah. And, and it, and then, you know, it's, it's not really, cause they, a lot of the times they'll just take it really personal, like, mm -hmm. and, and it's not usually their fault that you are not feeling connected. And fair enough too, because so. I mean, when we think about being connected, we think about caring about each other and loving. And yeah. so when you hear, that someone doesn't feel connected to you right away. You're thinking, what, what did I do wrong? What did I, you know, and, and it's really a strained relationship. Yeah. So, it, so you keep it in and you just feel, you feel not connected. And then the isolation and the loneliness builds up. Yeah. It kind of seeps in and, and if you are like 
for me, I already have anxiety and depression without <laughs> loneliness. Yeah. Um, but like you said, it's this vicious cycle of isolation caused by your anxiety and depression, um, whether, you know, elected or not. And then when you're isolated and you feel lonely, you're more anxious and depressed because yeah. you don't have that support system. And right. Um, even just today, I found that I wasn't reaching out to friends when I was feeling lonely because um, I didn't want to burden them with yeah. my stuff, right? Because um, I, you know, um, but at the same time, that's that's what friends are for. <laughs> yeah, but so it's still I, it's still hard for you to to reach out because you know you think you're a burden to your friends because you are in a state of not thinking that you're worthy anyway. Exactly. So yeah, yeah, you don't think that your problems or what you're feeling is worth anything. And it's not worth your friend's time. Right. And then even like, I think even in our text exchange over the holidays, we were both very apologetic for being shit friends. (laughs) We didn't like text or talk all that much yeah, but of course, I know both of us I I know I mean I can only speak for myself but you know maybe I guess the advantage to being a chronic lonely person is that um I'm pretty cool with like not talking to friends for long periods of time and coming back to a relationship as if nothing yeah you know what I mean yeah um you know I'm the one that someone doesn't have to talk to you for six months then I'll vicariously stalk you through Facebook and see that you're doing okay and and then you know reach out every now and then but at mm-hmm. the same time I'm, I'm okay if you don't want to talk you know so yeah yeah a low maintenance friendship I guess yeah which is kind of good though I and mean, especially for introverts like we like to know that someone's there in our corner but we don't necessarily need the um, pressure of having to maintain that thing all the time <laughs> yeah for me it never really works out with with people uh if they need constant um care attention yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I'm probably, why I'm, probably why I'm not gonna have kids but because <laughs> um, there's like an obligation there it's probably but, why we're lonely <laughs> yeah <laughs> But also, you know, um, lonely is a weird feeling, though, too, especially during the holidays. Um, Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, like for me, um, I think loneliness is it's so hard to talk about because, well, one, you don't feel worthy. Like it's all uh, you had mentioned this before, but um, it's all about how you're feeling, not anything to do with anybody else, really, usually. Mm -hmm. Um, like sometimes things can kind of trigger it right um, yeah 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 like for me for example I had someone that I it's not like we have a close friendship but I you know we we were we I was trying to be closer friends with her and over the holidays she had she had said something about how how um, I'm weird but she's getting used to it so she's okay with me now and that kind of like wasn't the greatest thing to hear um whoa like a little bit of a ding like like who yeah yeah who is something like that it's weird someone who's had like three or four glasses of wine i think and uh, and i mean maybe maybe was trying to maybe was trying to joke 
and yeah. just came out the wrong way and because you're a sensitive person and not to say that in a bad way but you oh no I am <laughs> no, <laughs> yeah but it's not a bad thing like no like I'm trying to make yeah yeah it's just and- you took it to heart and and then you probably felt an immediate disconnect yeah oh I kind of shut down for the rest of yeah. the night yeah like- shutting down that's exactly how to describe it yeah yeah because I mean you know, do you, okay, so I have a question. So yeah. I just imagined, I imagined a scene, like it was just, I don't know, I, I don't even know what it is, but I just imagined feeling that feeling of disconnect immediately when someone offends me or um, because I don't like confrontation. If I'm in a group of people and someone says something that's, you know, about a subject that's important to me, but we have a disagreeing view, um, mm-hmm. I immediately feel so uncomfortable that I feel a disconnect. Um, but anyway, I was just picturing what, what happens when, when you do get a disconnected feeling and I was imagining like even my body language changes, like you can kind of tell physically when it's Mm -hmm. happening to someone, if you're really paying attention or if you're paying attention to yourself, you can feel it happen to yourself. Yeah. Well, I was there with a, you know, uh, my best friend and we talked about it later and she said, I could tell that really bothered you because you just did your whole, uh, I made a face, I guess. (laughs) Not like she wasn't like, she's like, it wasn't like a bad face. I just noticed like your, your demeanor changed and you kind of like shut down, like Like maybe like stiffened up a bit. Yeah. You pulled away. um, Yeah. Yeah. And then I did make a face like a, Oh, you know, like, um, this you were surprised su- surprised hurt face <laughs> yeah which I think I, I mean you know what that is it's just this that like oh you know mm-hmm. and then like like you were verbally slapped a little bit yeah and she's like I could tell it really bothered you um and then I'm like yeah and then on on top of that I've had other people that I've been trying to have a close relationship with for a long time now um, you know family in particular one family member always is worried that I don't like them and I I don't understand I can't like figure it out you know like mm-hmm. I understand the fear of not being liked because mm-hmm. we want validation but it's like you know you spend a weekend uh, with someone um, and you know play cards with them and and eat with them and give them gifts and joke around and ask them about their life and and try to show you care and then to come back home and find out that they're worried that you don't like them after you spent the whole weekend showing how much you do like and care about them yeah how how does that make you feel lonely (laughs) like yeah like like you 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 didn't see the same thing that they saw no and that's like worries not connecting yeah right? yeah for and, sure and and it's hard because I know though because I know she the person that you know she's oh she's not gonna hear this my brother's girlfriend <laughs> she, you know, she, she um I know she struggles with abandonment issues and rejection and and she really really needs validation from others to feel um okay and and Mm -hmm. to to quantify her worth and I know she's working on that but also you know it's her issues are different than mine and I'm trying to be compassionate to that but at the same time it's like dude I've known you for like almost 10 years now 
Um, if I didn't like you, you wouldn't have known about it by now. <laughs> yeah. Especially me, because I can't not tell people what I think. So. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And it's been it's been rough. And then, of course, you know, family drama and spending a day in the in the car with a parental figure. <laughs> you know, it's just th- things can get really disconnected really fast. Mm-hmm. And then. For me, and I think for introverts as well, it's kind of just an added little extra bit of annoyance when we start to get um, socially exhausted because we're drained. We tend to shut down anyways because we don't have any anything left to give. Um, and I think a lot of times extroverted folks and and ambiverts and people that are aren't really don't really understand introversion, um, they see that as um, a rejection or or a you know something I mean a negative that yeah, we're pulling yeah. away when in reality we're just we just there's too many people and we just need to go and like read a book somewhere by ourselves for five minutes. too many people yeah and yeah holidays I think are really hard for that so um because you're kind of forced into those extraneous social situations because there's a lot of people that are clamoring for each other's time right mm-hmm. yeah so and the other thing, yeah. too, is that it's harder to take care of yourself mm-hmm. um, because you're probably sleeping less. There's more parties during the holidays. You're eating fatty foods, sugary foods, more food. <laughs> um, yeah. You know, it, it, it depend, depending on your activity level, like some people don't like to ski or do anything outdoors. So, you know, it, that, yeah. can be, that can be right there. It can be damaging to your mental health. Um, well, and the drinking, because, I mean, alcohol is a depressant. So, and yeah. That- booze yeah. flows freely plus us both being northern canadians um you are more north than me the yeah winter time kills us like yeah. it's so yeah. depressing because so you dark. look outside and yeah for you it's dark or light all the time like, yeah it, that would drive me nuts and then <laughs> even then even then like you want to go outside because it looks beautiful out there but it's probably minus 40 so yeah <laughs> And that's, um, that hurts your face. <laughs> so. yeah, I know it's hard to breathe. It hurts yeah. your lungs. Yeah. Yeah. So, I, yeah. So I think that, you know, the other thing too is like with my work, I get, I get a couple of weeks off during Christmas break. Mm. And so I was off from my last day of work was the 21st. And I just went back on like yesterday. Okay. Oh, I know. And so I didn't have my normal routine. Yeah. And um, that really hurts me and my mental health. And so I found that I was bored. Yes. I filled, I filled like I had way more time to fill because I wasn't working. So I found myself um, like not glued to my phone, but I was on social media more than I would have liked and then I, yeah. I felt, I felt myself kind of getting sucked in because, yes. um, because Christmas has been kind of a, a triggering time for me personally. And mm. I always feel that I'm a lot more anxious. I'm on edge. I get kind of, I'm more susceptible to be depressed. And so looking at Facebook kind of drives me crazy. Like, yeah, I because it's all, uh, it's Christmas all full traditions of and photos and positivity porn and yeah and uh, yeah I know and you know, I, I'm not jaded 
I'm just, yeah. <laughs> we have Christmas and porn in the same sentence. <laughs> We've said it. It's now a thing. Um. <laughs> and so, so yeah. Um, yeah, like, I just, I felt really crappy. Like, I just had no motivation. Um, I was just a slug. And I had some opportunities to see some family and friends and I didn't because I just couldn't, like, I just, I didn't even have the energy to explain. Yeah. Um, I felt really guilty, especially because I do this podcast <laughs> and <laughs> I, I feel like I should practice what I talk about and stuff. But I mean, in reality, people, it's, it's really hard to do. And sometimes yeah. you just can't, I mean, I'm definitely, um, becoming more honest with how I'm feeling and stuff but right now I'm I'm only comfortable really being that totally open and honest with probably just my sister and yeah my husband yeah so it's just like baby steps and it's just and you know what it's it's the amount of people that I want to let in to that degree is a direct reflection of how I feel about myself right now yes it's the yes. amount of people and, and how much of them, how much of myself I want to show and I'm willing to show and be vulnerable. And it really should be more people. It really, really should. I should be able to, to be more open about it. Um, but it's really, really hard. And it's kind of like, I don't want to make other people feel like this, but they do anyway. It's, it's kind of embarrassing. It's kind of embarrassing. Like it's a really general feeling when you're lonely, you feel kind of embarrassed about it. It's hard to talk about because, uh, well, we were in our in our text exchange. We both, I think, we both hit on it. Like it's such a weird feeling because you're so ashamed of it. Yeah. For no reason, like for I, I, I can't even necessarily pinpoint it. I guess maybe because when you admit to being lonely, you admit that you feel worthless, or um. <laughs> disconnected or you know I I think that comes from just like because you're exactly right the number of people that I'm willing to be vulnerable with is totally related to how how much I am perceiving my self-worth at that moment yeah Um, if I have a lot of high self if I'm feeling if I'm feeling worth worth it um Mm -hmm then yeah it's a lot easier to be vulnerable with more people and to talk about feelings and to be open and and let people in um and and also be there for others um but at the same time that's like so risky (laughs) so it's it's you know for us anxious folks it's such a such a tightrope to walk between mental health and vulnerability and feelings and self-care and connection and meeting needs and then figuring out what they want what those needs are and how to have them met or if you even can get them met at this time and yeah and um yeah you know I was I I'll tell you something really funny so I was reading some of my some of my old journals from high school. <laughs> That's always a fun time. <laughs> I know. That's all I have to say. Funny. Yeah. Um, and um, one common theme that I noticed when I was reading it was how lonely I was in high school and junior high. Um, I 
probably, I mean, I should have an episode where I read a couple of these like doozies because man, <laughs> they are funny. Um, so yeah, 14 you know year old is always funny. <laughs> I'm going to, I'm no, I'm, I just made up my mind. I'm definitely going to do an episode <laughs> where I do that. Where we, we read old journal entries. <laughs> well, it, I mean, I've, I've listened to other podcasts that do that, so I'm not going to copy their idea, but I just think that there's probably some entries that would be a good example of certain topics that I'm trying to explain. And maybe, especially because it's from a teenage mind, maybe that would help reach out to teenagers because I don't know, I'm so old now that I don't think I can. (laughs) (laughs) Well, also like that teenage reaction to life is so visceral and like, yeah, um, so like exploratory and dramatic and intense so so um so yeah like I I I can read it and I can still feel those emotions but anyway I was the common theme was that I was lonely um and the other thing that I I realized um was that in junior high and high school not all my friends but quite a few of my friends and and the friends that didn't stick around so so I had a couple like really good solid friends like Janelle and so on right yeah um but the ones that kind of came and went those were the people that were kind of worse off than I was Mm. and I was super comfortable hanging out with them because I felt better about myself yeah so I remember feeling like so there were times where I would have my solid friends and then these friends that I felt like I was helping. Yeah. And I felt good, better about myself. So I felt less lonely. And then once they were helped, they got what they needed. They left, like they went on their way and they met someone else or whatever. And then it was that yeah. feeling of loneliness again. So I remember feeling kind of like a roller coaster, um, just depending on how many people I had in my life, which also really exemplifies the whole connectivity thing. And the fact that the more people that you feel connected with, the happier you are. <laughs> And so, yeah, it was super evident in my journal entries. It's crazy. Well, even just this past year, um, because last Christmas, um, the one before the one that just passed. um, 2017? Yeah, the 2017 Christmas for me was was awful. Yeah, Um, me too. (laughs) I I almost didn't make it. Um, Not to be dark, but... um, I was fighting with my best friend or rather we weren't talking, which is um, actually the only, only fight we've ever had really. Um, I had just gotten dumped by someone I really cared about. I'm in the middle of divorce stuff, which is stressful and uh, still sucks, but you know, especially um, because my divorce was amicable. So it wasn't like he had done anything horribly wrong to piss me off. Right. It was, it was a whole bunch of we aren't happy Mm -hmm. um but then in the holidays when you're reminded you know by advertising and everything everywhere that Mm -hmm. you know buy diamonds and your partner and Mm -hmm. you know all of this stuff and of course at Christmas time there's a lot of engagement announcements and birth announcements and it's just or or pregnancy and it's just kind of like they always paint it in such a romantic light that's what it yeah. is. Yeah. And I hate it. I yeah. Hate it. I mean, like, it can, yeah, it can be definitely overwhelming for sure, especially if you're yeah. not you're not feeling it at that time. <laughs> yes. And and I, I you know, I don't want to be like totally blaming the media or anything like that, but they do play a huge part because we consume so much of it these days. You know, I'm not surprised mm-hmm. that the holidays is like 
the most, you know, Christmas time is when is like, I think the, there's a huge spike in suicide mm-hmm. during the holidays because of loneliness, um, you know, and we're force fed this, if you're not extroverted and connected and, you know, out at, you know, the hottest parties for Christmas or have family over or, you know, tradition or, you know, any of these things, you know, it's kind of like, well, cool, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> thanks guys. Like what, a, you know, it's, and I get it. It's, it's, but at the same time, it's, it's really sad to be witness, you know, to this media machine that is just force feeding totally. us these messages that not all of us get, you know, um, we don't get to have those things sometimes. And it's really brutal. Cause it's not, if, if it was just like, this is why I don't really mind Valentine's Day because it's kind of like a few, like it's maybe like a couple of weeks of constant, you know, mm-hmm. buy flowers advertising and stuff. Mm-hmm. But for Christmas, the ads start as soon as Halloween ends and between the weird perfume commercials that I never understand <laughs> and the diamond commercials and the, you know, songs. Um, <laughs> yeah. It, it's just kind of like I kind of want to leave the country at Christmas time <laughs> and go somewhere where they don't celebrate it um, <laughs> just so I can get away from the advertising but because it's it, the, it, it for me personally that kind of stuff's a huge trigger because it's just a reminder of what I don't have mm-hmm. and it's and like you said it's so romanticized and idealized and not real that um it kind of like it's it's almost like they're showing you what perfection looks like and (laughs) and you know I'm smart enough to know that if I buy that candle or wear that perfume you know I'm not gonna attract a man or or have a perfect family (laughs) it's 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 almost worse because I'm aware of what they're trying to do with their advertising and and I it just it's like a triple heartbreak right it's like I'm never gonna totally. have that because it's one not attainable two um probably out of my budget and three um it's not a it's not an accurate display of my value in my life so it's been yeah it's been it's rough. It's always rough. So, And that is such negative self-talk. Like we can recognize yeah. that right now as super negative self-talk, but in the moment when you're feeling actual feelings and your stomach hurts and yeah. you, know, you feel totally like horrible about yourself, like it's a really, it's kind of a fun activity to be honest. Like it, it kind of, it's almost a weird psychological bandaid in the moment yes. to, just, to just dwell in your unhappiness. Well, and so yeah, I, if you're I broke like, and you're worthless, it. then then you can blame you're, your your on that. Yeah, which is yeah. Kind and of- you, okay, so okay, you have to. You, you want to know something crazy? Yes, I do. Okay, <laughs> so I told you how I grew up quite lonely mm-hmm. as a teenager, and um, just in hindsight, like just looking back here, um, Christmas and kind of winter time has always been hard li- living up in the north. Like I really suffer from sad yeah. and um, it's just getting worse as I 
get older. Um, but anyway, you, I want to backtrack a little bit and then come back to this. So you were talking about suicide rates rising in the holidays and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Um, I also know that suicide rates also rise in the fall. So like in August, August, September, mm. um, that's usually um, when a lot of people go back to college. And so they leave their hometown from being there in the summer and having their summer job. They go back home and a lot of people feel lonely and their suicide rates can go up because um, they don't have those friends anymore. And what they've been so accustomed to in the last couple of months, partying and really being together and like really, you know, filling in all that time that they didn't get together in the last nine months yeah all of a sudden super different and you just feel like something has just been ripped away from you yeah um and also because of sad because this is when we start getting into darker days um routine changes there's a lot of it sometimes it's people when they go back to school there's so much stress Mm -hmm. that they take their lives um, you know, so, so yeah, also fall, but anyway, so what I was, what I was kind of leading to is that because I suffer from sad and because I was lonely and stuff, the only time I ever had a boyfriend <laughs> was in December. Cuffing season. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like, prob- like winter, like probably even end of November till maybe January sometime, February sometime. Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I didn't, I didn't date very many people, but everyone that I did was in that time frame, and I think it's because I was so driven to be with somebody because it was that time. Like I just, I felt like such a, a compelling urge to have a connection mm-hmm. during that time. Yeah, it's almost like, um, well, they, there is a joke that you know, winter time, kind of autumn is cuffing season because. Um, you know, you just want to hole up and cuddle in the wintertime kind of thing. But more so, I think it's to, it's because the holidays and, and Christmas time and winter and stuff, at least in North America, um, it it's very triggering for a lot of people for this mm-hmm. whole lack of connection thing. And I think... Um, and I'm guilty of this too. A lot of us will try and, you know, have some, a partner for the holidays because we, it's like a bandaid fix, right? Like, yeah, I mean, there's such a big like pull to have someone on Valentine's day to, you know, like yeah, it's, it's become such a thing and such a pressure that you feel even more lonely if you don't even, you know? And so it's, it's just, it's, it's becoming worse. Don't you think? It is. And, and the, well, and it's part of that, too, is this idealization, idealization of like success in life is measured by whether or not you are in a relationship. Right. Um, mm-hmm. And let's be honest, not all relationships are good relationships. So, you know, it, it's it's really hard to watch, you know, especially when you you do a lot of work on yourself. It's really hard to one watch yourself kind of backpedal into old wants that are based on unhealthy things or or poor coping mechanisms um and then on the other hand though to also see to see so many people do you know fall into the same things that you just have been working so hard to to get away from 
Um, Mm -hmm. And then to use those criteria to judge your life too, you know, like, yeah, it's like, oh, you don't have a boyfriend for Valentine's Day. And it's like, nope, (laughs) I don't care either. Like, I don't have to buy anybody anything this year. Um, Mm -hmm. And like, even I hope he doesn't listen to this, but even when I was married, I, I hope he, let me cut in. I hope he does because I want more listeners. Okay, but, but, <laughs> but I understand. I understand your point of view. <laughs> yeah. When I <laughs> when I was married, it was hard because I felt so lonely in my marriage because. I didn't feel connected to my husband. Um, And, you know, in hindsight, it's because of uh, his attachment style. It's just not a good one for me, Um, which is the avoidant kind. Um, And for a fearful attacher, that's not great. (laughs) So, yeah. You know, that's interesting because you could also, you could feel lonely in your marriage, but not feel lonely in your circle of friends. Mm -hmm. Or vice versa, you could be really connected with your husband or your spouse, but feel like you don't have very many connections with friends. So it you can have different types of loneliness. Yeah. And, yeah. And, yeah. And um, it, it's loneliness is such a twisted monster, too, because at least in my opinion, because um, it, it sucks when you're around people that you normally feel really connected to. Um, and all of a sudden you feel like you're around a bunch. It's, it's so, I don't like admitting this, but it's almost like you're around a bunch of strangers sometimes, yeah. even though, you know, these people, right. And, but you're, you don't in that moment. And I hate how, I hate how embarrassing it is to admit that you're lonely. Do you find that you become like overly sensitive about things when, when you're feeling at your loneliness, loneliest? Like, yeah, I, I know I do. Like, I feel like I notice more things that piss me off or I read into things more than I should. And I even like logically know that I'm doing that, but it just kind of feels kind yeah. of good and bad at the same time to just keep doing it. It's almost like an addiction when it becomes chronic because yeah. it's really scary it's scary to put yourself out there literally like it's it's scary to go outside sometimes and go to the grocery store and meet new people and see people you already know and actually face it head on it's like excruciatingly scary to someone that has had chronic loneliness for you know 20 years yeah well, like yeah. I wouldn't say it's I like mean, a gorgeous or whatever it's just mostly um I just don't like the feeling of not feeling connected yeah it's to a point um luckily I see my psychologist tomorrow um oh excellent I was gonna bring it up with him is um because one of the the type of therapy we were were we generally well we that we started with was kind of a life trap or schema therapy um, which mm-hmm. is, you know, in layman's terms, it's, uh, you know, figuring out the patterns that you developed as a child that you're repeating as an adult and how to break them. Um, okay. So interesting. Yeah. There's actually a really good book called Reinventing Your Life. Um, um, and it's about life traps and schemas. Um, and it, it'll, it, it, it's really awesome because it can kind of help you figure out maybe what some of those patterns might be. Um, unfortunately, though, 
the one that I deal with the most is one called emotional deprivation. And okay. basically that one is common for people who don't were never on the same page with uh, their maternal figure on an emotional level. So like, oh, yeah. Do tell. So like basically um, my mom and I are never connected emotionally. We never did. Um, I only really have one memory of us connecting emotionally um, on the same page from when I was a kid and like I'm 32 in a couple weeks. So like one memory out of 32 years um, of connecting emotionally and being on the same page. Um, And your your memory has been checked. It's it's fine. It's good. Yeah, I have a good memory. Well, the thing is, (laughs) I also don't remember a lot of being a kid. um, And I think it's just because I've blocked it out, right? Um, yeah maybe yeah you've repressed it a bit yeah it's it was it was it's too hard to think about sometimes um or all Uh all, all the time but um so you're so you're doing this this therapy and and so like the thing with emotional deprivation is that some you know where where most times when you can say well no the like I you know some people maybe they struggle with codependency and that's like easy to pinpoint because of their behaviors right where you know and they can they can they can express their feelings around their relationships and stuff clearer um whereas uh, those of us who deal with emotional deprivation it's actually as like our primary bullshit life pattern (laughs) it's um uh that it's not even it's not so much that we can articulate what we're doing wrong it's that we were able to all we can't we all we can articulate is that it feels like something's missing you know and that's connection so for me for me personally chronic loneliness is an understatement um this kind of been my existence like (laughs) and and it's hard now for me that I've you know been going to therapy and stuff um I know what I'm missing which is connection but I also don't know how to do it very well so that's fun um. <laughs> it's exhausting too like when you when you start thinking about all you want is to not feel lonely but but the thought of like knowing what you have to do to get there to that place is really overwhelming especially like, if we're an introvert totally <laughs> like and it's so like- it's a it's a long process wouldn't you say yeah um it's a lot of practicing and self-care and positive affirmations or what <laughs> kind yeah I mean my mantra for the last year has been it's okay it's gonna be okay um mm-hmm. I also like take a break don't shake and I know that's for like don't shake your baby but um it works <laughs> for me too um because like it you know, because for me, when I start shaking, it's because I'm I'm amping up, and usually because I'm I'm about to be um, I'm emo- about to have an emotional outburst or yeah, or explosive. something. Yeah, yeah, something's about to burst, um, or I'm having so a panic attack. Yeah, so that you know, I have my little mantras. Um, I'm kind of uh, I'm kind of a my personality type is not really dick you know good for the what i call positivity porn which is all that stuff about you know mindfulness and all that stuff which you know and if it helps you go for it but i'm not the kind of person 
who benefits from stuff like The Secret or any of that kind of stuff. Um, However, all of the stuff that those, you know, positivity porn types that, you know, books and things say has a grain of truth in it, which is, for me, that's, I like the realism of a situation. I like, I'm I'm much more pragmatic um, than I like to admit um, when it comes to things um, because I I personally need to see real measurable results in order to believe something works Um, so for example I might not you know I think yoga is a fantastic thing to do for anybody because I can see real measurable results because I can touch my toes now you know or Mm -hmm. I feel better Um, eating healthy has real measurable results because I feel better when I eat healthy and don't just eat cookies or fatty foods. <laughs> right. Um, yeah. Talking about being vulnerable. I know that that is the path to a happy life because when I am vulnerable and it's received and not used as, you know, ammunition back at me, you know, when I have a positive experience with being vulnerable um, like this, for example, um, mm-hmm. I feel better. I feel good. I have some confidence again. Um, yeah, you know? like I know what you mean. And you know, what's really funny too, is because of like my social anxiety that I carry too. Um, yeah. I have a really good friend that I've known for 20 years and, um, she actually still lives in town and once in a while we'll arrange to see each other and I love her to death but the day of I always kind of I get like a nervous feeling and I always feel so stupid because I'm like why am I nervous like I've known her for 20 years she's the sweetest person ever um and I don't know why it's it's just this weird energy that I that I have and then I'm usually fine the minute I see her yeah like I settle down and it's like okay and and I do because it depends on the situation but most of the time we plan our time so that we're alone so we do we do connect um and then I I leave and I feel a bit rejuvenated and it's totally that connected feeling but I just I always feel silly because I always always feel nervous always I think it's for those of us that are socially anxious um or just anxious in general maybe um even though we've known someone for 20 years right like I could see you tomorrow and I would be anxious yeah but then again like then we would hug and then it would be fine yeah but also like talking on the podcast here I I think I'm being quite vulnerable or at least open um yeah with the world and that feels good it feels good to be vulnerable um but also it backfires horribly when you're vulnerable with when you're not when you're not guarded enough you know yeah Um, or when you or when you don't have a safe place to be vulnerable right um like I just I want to just try to be an example like we're not going to we're not going to reach out and we're not going to be vulnerable unless we feel safe um so there really needs to be and I'm not here to teach this at all but Hmm. there needs to be some some more education in how to receive that type of information from a loved one. Like if you were told I am lonely, um, it's just like people don't know what to do when a loved one says that they're contemplating suicide, you know, like we should all know how to deal with that. 
so that people feel more comfortable being honest and being vulnerable and asking for help you know like or at least or even approaching the subject with someone that you're concerned about because most of the time they won't approach you first right yeah yeah would you be comfortable talking about that a little bit more or like we we all have work to do like we we as the people that are living with these these things we need to really um step it up a bit and ask a little bit more for help um but on the other side like the people that don't experience this stuff um, should educate themselves just so that they know how to to be around those people and so that we can all just help each other out because everybody has their stuff right yeah nobody is is trauma free (laughs) yeah um what what did you want me to expand on oh i was just wondering if sorry if you wanted to maybe discuss like the the suicide stuff a little bit more in depth or any of that kind of stuff but well i think that that could probably be another hour that might be a whole hour yeah Um, and i do and i do want to like i'm really really interested in doing that let's do that next time yes for sure i i am okay talking about that dark stuff so um awesome because i really think that's a really important thing to talk about all the time yes um and so I was just, well, you kind of just, when you were saying, talking about suicide, um, just the statistics or whatever, I just actually looked up these statistics about um, who's the most susceptible or what age you're most susceptible to being lonely. Yeah. Um, And that's really interesting, actually. So it's saying that the late 20s is a peak, which is super understandable when you think about like, (laughs) like, Yes. like life life changes yes. and you know people are getting married and maybe starting a family and they don't have as much time for you or whatever right changes yes. moving away um maybe getting promotion that makes them not as available to be you know with you in the same way they were before yeah a lot of people uh, are going through to, like relationship changes at that time like yeah early like late 20s early 30s a lot of people are having their first divorce unfortunately yeah. Um, or or even like having their first child so that yeah like I know that new moms can feel that isolation too it's a big big time um trigger um so then so the late 20s are a a main peak time um and then another one is mid 50s that makes and totally makes sense um and then another one in the like late 80s which unfortunately it makes sense too (laughs) yes that's that might be more of a can we just get this over with kind of <laughs> yeah I mean like you have you've you've been probably predeceased by quite a few friends and family by now so yeah. um so also that's interesting that that's interesting it is cool and so like I think that we could probably safely say that the people that are that we should probably watch out for um, that would be most susceptible to loneliness would be the elderly yes um, and the new moms uh, new parents let's say new parents new parents yeah um, people with like physical disabilities and 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 sicknesses yeah. like when when you're not when you're quarantined of course when you are but like <laughs> when you have something that that people don't understand um, yeah. even like when you have cancer your family doesn't have cancer but you do so it's a lonely feeling because they can only understand so much and then it's just you yeah, yeah. your illness um mental illness big time right yep um and then also i think probably empty nesters i was yes. just thinking like 
there's, I mean, I can't see myself feeling like that. <laughs> but that's probably because of the age my kids are now. Yeah. But I'm sure, I'm sure, I mean, who knows? Everyone's different. But empty nesters, that's a, that's a thing. And it's because people do feel lonely then. And, and that's especially if you haven't had a connection with your spouse, I think, too. Yes. Well, well not necessarily it's... especially. But I'm sure that contributes. If you haven't really had a, connect, a connected marriage throughout raising your children, they leave and then you look at your spouse and you wonder who they are. Yeah. Well, cause you spent so many good. years. Yeah. I mean, focusing on something else. Yeah. So, I mean, those are, those are so many types of loneliness. So it has yeah. to affect most people. Yeah. Statistics are just crazy. Um, there it's about half and half, like not half and half of men and women, half of people. So like it says one in two people. It's lonely. Like have reported like loneliness. Um, I think that's a lie, but okay. (laughs) I think that's I think that's crazy. Yeah, yeah. But I I still, I mean, I think it is quite high. Mm -hmm. Um, And yeah, it it sucks that it it, that it is because it's not fun. No, and that well, if it's one in two, and you know, I'm assuming that the target your your most of your demo right now is people are around our age um well I think it's one and two kind of in those peak times I think that makes more sense yeah that makes sense yeah so that means though that like well obviously the two people on here have both experienced or are experiencing bouts of loneliness so you know the the thing is like you could be talking to your best friend like I'm early 30s here right and odds are the person I'm talking to probably also might be feeling lonely so yeah it's uh, I guess on that note then it's probably important to keep that in mind because like if we understand that loneliness is direct is directly related to excuse me as I get a hiccup uh, loneliness is directly related to how we feel about ourselves so our our feelings of our own self-worth um and I don't think it has to do with confidence I think it's self-worth like whether we feel worth worth love or not and and so um, I, I feel also, though, then that if because if we know that and we know that um, there's a 50 50 chance that the person that we're talking to feels lonely um, or is struggling with loneliness or has in the past, maybe it's a little bit easier than to be a little bit more loving in, in a general sense or, or, or compassionate Um if they're a close friend, especially, you can definitely inclusive, yeah. be inclusive or even all you could or, or try to like reestablish some of that connection um, or at least let them know that I know you're not feeling connect. You might not be feeling connect. Like if you know they're lonely because they've said that they're lonely, you can say, I understand you're not feeling super connected right now, but I want you to know that I still love you and I will be here when you feel better and if you want to talk and hang out, we can still do that. You know, like none, none of your feelings are, are going to hinder me from still being your friend. Right. Yeah. Or your mom or your brother or whatever. Right. Um, yeah. Because honestly, that's been a huge help for me this holiday season was I have, a, you know, a few friends that when I, when I did express how lonely I was, um, they didn't um they didn't tell me that I shouldn't feel that way um awesome they said 
that they understood um, or or that they were they weren't happy that I was lonely but you know that they said like um, my one friend he doesn't really understand like depression and stuff so much but he's learning um he he was saying like oh okay well if you need to like just like play video games and silence we can do that you know so just don't abandon a friend because their loneliness makes you uncomfortable um because I guarantee it they're like 8,000 times more uncomfortable than you are because they don't feel connected to you you're kind of a stranger to them in that moment and yeah and for you to like pull away because you're feeling uncomfortable with it it's just going to reinforce that they're not worth it in their own minds right yeah. so yeah. it's just you know have just remember that it's not it's actually you know and this is something good to remember for all mental health situations it's not about you it's about them the person who's struggling with the mental health issue you know yeah. the moment you make it about you the you know or try to quantify it in terms that you understand is the moment that you dis you know you destroy their autonomy in their own mental health right Mm -hmm. so like if someone's lonely it's not about you it's about them being lonely and and that's I think super important yeah um I think another thing like before we wrap up for this time Mm -hmm. uh, to talk about is I I have another friend that when I whenever I vent to her like via text or whatever we don't get a chance to talk on the phone very much but I'll I'll text her and I'll vent and she she kind of sympathizes like she'll be like oh that's too bad but then she she instantly asks me a question Mm. and she she keeps me talking about it like she'll she'll just she won't egg me on with my feelings like she won't be like oh that's right you should feel like that you know she'll be like that sucks blah 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 and she'll ask me like just a general kind of light question um that requires a general kind of light answer Mm. (laughs) um and it kind of lightens the mood and she's she's really good at doing that and it kind of keeps me from plummeting into that hole and so it sucks that I, I don't feel all the time like that type of like I, I, feel, I don't always feel like it will work. Sometimes I feel like it might annoy me. Um, but yeah, sometimes you just want to go down the doom spiral. And yeah, but if there. I, <laughs> but, but because I'm really trying to be cognizant of, of my feelings and when I'm triggered, um, I'm really trying to train myself to turn to her in that moment so that I can get that type of um, conversation going instead of turning to the friend that would just pull me down. Yes. So it's. I, I just thought it might be an interesting thing to mention to kind of like really try to recognize if you're if you're dealing with loneliness, to recognize the friends that are are those type of positive influences and the ones that do instantly rejuvenate you and make you feel connected, even if they just you know they pop by with a bottle of wine and they spend an hour talking to you about whatever, you'll yeah. you'll feel better. Like make sure that you're surrounded and that you that you make sure you have those people in your life. And then really be, be objective about the people that, that aren't helpful in that way. And maybe just try to cut them out a little bit because it's really worth it to keep up those connections. Yes, for sure. Uh, actually, I totally agree with that. Um, 
because I have my friends that will be like, oh, like, it depends on what you need in the moment, right? Um, for example, my f- friends will come to me. Um, I'm not a psychologist, but I, <laughs> the joke is that I go to the psychologist so n- nobody else has to. Um, <laughs> they just ask you. Yeah, they just ask me and I'll just regurgitate something that he said. But more so, like, I'm kind of the one that people come to if they need to get to the core of an issue. Um, and so I'm not the one, I'm not the friend that people come to if they just need, um, a distraction, Mm -hmm. depending, depending if they tell me that's what they need, I can do that. But usually if they come to me with a problem, I'm going to be like, okay, so, you know, why? (laughs) And unfortunately, and I know this, that's not always help. Like that's not always what's needed. So just you know, know that even if you're, you're, some of your friends are, they want to be supportive. Like for me, I try really hard just to say, what do you need in this moment? Do you need me to give you advice or do you need me to listen? Or do you need me to um, come over with a bottle of wine and listen to you vent? Or, you know, what, what would you like right in this moment? And that can change if you decide later, you want me to give you advice. Or if you decide later, you need to get to the core of an issue. We can do that because it's not a solid judgment, but mm-hmm. you just be cognizant of the kind of friends your friends are, right? Because mm-hmm. um, we all have different, like, you know, so a lot of our friends aren't going to meet all of our needs. So no. and make, sure, nice. make sure you're reaching out to the ones that um, are able to meet the need that, that you have. So Absolutely. So I think that we can agree that friendship and connectivity is medicine, is the medicine for for loneliness. And it's the shittiest kind because you don't want it, right? So, yeah, you know, but um, on that note, though, I do want to also mention, um, I'm pretty sure men uh, tend to be at higher risk for uh, loneliness um, due to a lot of reasons um so uh look out for the the boys in your life too um because they will not tell you and they're not gonna open up so not necessarily um they're gonna important to recognize that they they also deal with this stuff too yeah um they're a lot higher risk to be like self-medicating with alcohol etc etc so uh look out for the lads in your life uh especially those around the age of you know 25 to 35 uh 45 to 55 and 75 and up (laughs) um but yeah so um you know I don't want to I'm not suggesting that uh women do more emotional labor but I am suggesting that if you are friends with men ask them what's up sometimes all right thank you very much that was that was good I think that there was a lot of information covered in that I hope so. Chat. So yeah, well, I thank you very much. And um, yeah, we'll come back at some point and we're going to talk about the other stuff too, the darker stuff that's important to talk about. But thank you Thanks. again for, for tonight, Cheryl. And no we'll, we'll talk to you soon. All right. Have a good one. Okay, you too. Bye.